Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you look at that hymn we just sang, you'll notice quite a few lines and phrases that come right out of the Gospel of John, but then also how the poet is tying together the Gospel of John chapter 1 with Genesis 1. So it begins, Light of light, O soul begotten, referring to Jesus, the radiance of the Father's face, word made flesh. But then, do you notice chapter 2, our verse 2 goes into the word eternal that was there at the very beginning, who filled the empty spaces with the Father's let there be. And then in the third verse refers to Genesis 1, the spirit hovering over the face of the waters, over chaos and dark and deep but then draws us into how this also finds fulfillment in Christ bringing us to faith, calling out with invitation, rise, awaken from your sleep. Christ the Lord will shine upon you, and from death your soul shall keep. John chapter 1 is amazing to me, and it's very much loved by many Christians because of its imagery. And you see how the gospel is tying together the coming of Jesus with the creation of the universe. How the word was there at the very beginning of time, the word that was God and the word that was with God. The word that brought everything into being. The word that brought life and light that shines in the darkness and the same word that then became flesh and lived among us. It's just astounding to even think about what this is saying, that the word of God at creation was Jesus Christ. Historians say that the 18th and 19th centuries of Europe and here in America is characterized and called the Age of Enlightenment. It was a time when science and philosophy and politics and law were being expanded and discovered in new ways so that truth and education was not just going to be reserved for the rich or the powerful, but that freedom, rights, democracy could come to every individual and every individual had value. But this also affected thoughts on religion. If we look at the world around us today, when you turn on the news, you listen to the radio, or you talk to your neighbor, or you go to college or university, are you seeing enlightened people? Do we seem like a nation of people that are enlightened? There was something about the Enlightenment that brought very many blessings that we wouldn't be where we're at today in America. We wouldn't have the nation we have or the laws we have, the institutions without it. But at the same time, it's never enough. The discovery of human reason and potential is not enough. And we see how a nation that can have all of these blessings that God pours down on it for years and years and decades can still crumble into 
tribalism and hatred and distrust and disinformation all around us. No effort or understanding of man can truly be enlightened without Jesus. And this is what Jesus was trying to get after when he talked to his disciples in John chapter 12. He said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Jesus is telling us what the meaning of him coming to earth really is. It means enlightenment. But not just in the sense of human beings becoming something better than they used to be. It's not just about us progressing the future of mankind. It's about seeing things we just didn't see before. The enlightenment Jesus is talking about is seeing reality the way God intends it to be seen. Without Jesus, you walk in darkness. Without Jesus, you cannot see the way that things truly are. And so when problems come along in life or challenges or arguments, you try to solve those things strictly by reason, strictly by our own human capacities, and it fails time and time again because we're not seeing the full picture. Sickness, sin, trouble, hurt, all of those things are part of the world we live in no matter how much we improve our healthcare system or our mental health institutions. And if you don't have Jesus in the picture, you're not going to see these things for what they really are. This is essentially the message of John throughout his gospel. In fact, the word that he uses more than any other word in the gospel of John is to see. So as we go into our series tonight and in the coming Wednesdays, you're going to want to pay attention to these themes so that you can go back later on as you're listening to John, as you're reading it yourself, and see where these things are coming up. Where is that word seeing coming up? And where is this picture of light being used? What is Jesus saying about light and walking in light versus walking in darkness? By the end of this chapter, Jesus realizes the people are not listening. And John says this was to fulfill what Isaiah had written. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. It says that they weren't seeing God because they weren't seeing Jesus for who he really was. And John wants us to know who Jesus really is, which is why he takes us back to the beginning of time to say, in the beginning was the Word. If you want to know who Jesus is, you have to start at the beginning of time in God and how from God the words that he spoke into this world were more than just words. The work of creation, letting light happen, was a work of Jesus. 
that Jesus went forth from the Father to create the world, from the light to the trees and plants to the animals to us in our own creation in the image of God. Jesus was there. We just know him only as the word. Chapter 12 is, in fact, a pivotal chapter in John because you can see how everything up to that point is leading to it. It's Jesus doing signs and miracles, teaching. He's very public. Everything's very public with Jesus in his ministry leading up chapters 1 through 11. And then on chapter 12, it pivots and turns to the upper room where everything becomes very private. It's at night. It's hidden. And Jesus is giving a special message to his disciples in the upper room. And so this chapter 12, Jesus is summarizing how the world has responded to him. They walk in darkness. They're blind. If you've only ever lived in darkness, then would you really know any different? The darkness is something that John also says is like blindness. A man born blind from birth can never say what it is to see the colors of a flower in the sunlight or the expression on someone's face when they're upset or a wall that is standing in your path and you don't know it. We are unable to see God's purposes for who he fully is without the light. We can get glimpses of him. We can tap our, our walking cane as we're going along, trying to figure out, is this God here? Is God telling me to stop over here? And maybe the blind man can find a curb. Maybe he can realize there's a wall he shouldn't walk into. But he can't see the fullness of what's around him. And John says that through Jesus, we gain the fullness of God, grace upon grace. This means anything we experience in life, whether it's good or bad, cannot be properly understood without Jesus. I was listening to an interview by Jordan Peterson, who is kind of a modern-day debater, philosopher. Many people follow him on YouTube and podcasts. He talks about history, morality, and he was having an interview with an Orthodox Jew. They were getting into a discussion on Genesis 1. I don't know exactly what Peterson's views are on Christ, but he was noticing something philosophical that you see in Genesis 1. In fact, he said there were two things that stood out to him as probably the most profound philosophical statements ever made in the history of the world. The second one he mentioned was that man and woman should be created in the image of God. And for the time and circumstances in which that was spoken and what it meant in that culture, it was just astounding to think of that statement of truth, human beings in the image of God. But the other one he pointed to was God bringing truth out of a vacuum. How Genesis 1 pictures the chaotic waters that have no form or substance, and how out of that, God speaks order, truth, design. 
that God puts, lays down the foundation for our understanding of truth and reality is going to be found in God. In the beginning, God created, and he said, let there be light. Yeah, he was referring to Genesis 1. And the darkness and the light that we're talking about then is more than just the fact that God made the sun. In fact, he didn't make the sun till day four. When God brings light out of darkness, really it's more properly said that he brings light into darkness. That's what John is talking about. The light shines into the darkness. Without the light, you have the complete absence of God's activity. It's the absence, darkness is the absence of God speaking. It is the blindness of not having God bring forth his truth or any other good thing in this world. God brings light into the darkness in order to create something new that was not there before. Something we can see, something we can believe and experience. In John 1, then, you see how this brilliant statement is taken out of Genesis and now applied to Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was coming into the world and into the darkness when Jesus was born. The life and light that comes out of Jesus' birth is unlike anything else. It shines in the darkest places. And when Jesus is shining, no darkness can challenge it. John is saying the darkness cannot overpower or even understand what light is. It means that the light will not combat, or the darkness will not combat the light, and it won't be mingled alongside with the light. It'll be completely cast out. Jesus completely casts out the darkness like you would shine a flashlight into the path where you're trying to go, and it casts out, and you can see what's there. But it's even more than that. It's the whole room is lit up. It's even more than that. Jesus is the sunrise. Jesus says, walk while it is daytime, because while I am here, while I'm in your life, I illumine everything. You can see what you couldn't see before. You can deal with what you couldn't deal with before. Because I will reveal who God really is. And when you see me, you're seeing God. And what kind of God do we see when the light shines? We see a God not far above us, not off on some mountain you have to climb, not sitting on his throne in heaven, waiting for you to do something better with your life so he can approve, but you see God in the flesh, in skin. He's speaking and he's walking with us. He's doing miracles, healing the sick, and he's helping the helpless. But even more than that, you're seeing God suffer. 
You're seeing God take on our diseases. God in our weakness and sin. God showing himself and revealing that the only way to live is through Jesus. That means when we are walking through sickness or we are helpless, God is there. When we're lost in sin, God is there. When we're despairing of any hope for tomorrow, God is there. When our circumstances or the country we're living in is crumbling into discord and disrepair, God is there. God is there because Jesus is there in the flesh, and he's walking with us, giving light to our dark steps. And it's daytime for all of us, as long as Jesus is in your heart. The darkness cannot overcome that light. It fills us. It gives us purpose and order and design and truth for every day. So pray to the Father. Ask him to show you Jesus. Wait patiently for him to reveal your Savior and to speak to you. And don't walk in darkness or let the blindness of your heart fool you. If you can only see Jesus, you will see everything you need to know. And there in Jesus, all your great darkness is dealt with, your sins are dealt with, and out of the horrible darkness of the cross, Jesus says he is glorified. That light could be found in the darkest of places when the Son of Man is lifted up on the cross. The cross becomes the place where darkness and light meet. And because he rose from the dead, the light rises for a new creation. That new light of Jesus now reveals that no human enlightenment will be able to carry us onward as a people or as a church or as individuals. No willpower or reason will make sense of this world with all its confusion. Only Jesus will. Amen.